Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Certainly hope you're enjoying your weekend. For some in our viewing area, there are special elections coming up Tuesday to fill three open seats in the Kentucky Legislature. There are two state house races. In the 89th District, voters in Jackson County and parts of Laurel and Madison Counties, Republican Timmy Truitt will try to hold the seat for his party. Democrat May Suramac will try to capture it for Democrats. In the 51st District, which is Taylor and Adair counties, voters uh, will be choosing between Republican Michael Sarge Pollock, who is facing Democrat Eddie Rogers. And our focus today will be on the 22nd State Senate District, where voters will choose a successor to longtime Senator Tom Buford, who died last summer. That district includes a portion of Fayette, all of Jessamine, Garrett, Mercer, and Washington counties. Later, we'll hear from Republican nominee Dr. Donald Douglas, who is a former Olympic athlete who calls himself a strong conservative. But first, Democrat Helen Bukovitz is an attorney who says enough is enough as she has been talking on the campaign trail. She also has told her story that brought her first to America from overseas and now to this election coming up on Tuesday. Helen Bokomitz, candidate for the state Senate, is joining us. We appreciate you being here. She's coming to us by, from the Boone Tavern, by the way, today, where she is uh, attending a conference. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, a lot of people are, are intrigued by your backstory. Uh, first, tell us your intriguing journey in life uh, that led to this political campaign now here in this 22nd Senate District. Absolutely. I am very proud of my American dream. Over 20 years ago, I came to Lexington, Kentucky to learn how to speak English. Um, I was a single divorced mother and I was facing oppression. Uh, I was facing judgment. And I figured if I learn how to speak English, I can find a really good job and support my son and build a new life. At that point, after I learned a little bit of English, I watched a movie. It's called Aaron Brockovich. And in that movie, for the first time in my life, I realized that in the United States of America, women have rights. Women and men have created an incredible culture. From that point on, with the help of incredibly good people in my life, I learned English, still learning, became a powerful attorney for the people, raised my son, who is a doctor now, graduate of University of Louisville's medical school, currently in his orth orthopedic sur uh, surgery uh, program, and I'm very proud of my American dream. Kentucky has given me a solid second chance in life. And I'm running for Senate today because I realize a lot of people in our district are not living their American dream and they've been born here. Well, let's talk about uh, what would happen if you were uh, to be successful here. You're a Democrat. Uh, in your web ads, though, you tout the late Republican Senator Buford for uh, being a uniter rather than a divider. Uh, is that the thrust of your campaign? It absolutely is. I am tired. I am sick and tired of the partisan politics that try to distract us what truly matters. What truly matters is our people. I am surrounded by incredibly good farmers, small business owners, working people, and these people are suffering. Our farmers cannot buy the same meat they sell to the large stores. Our small business owners are closing one by one or struggling daily. Our working people cannot afford health care or good housing or a decent life. 
enough is enough with the politics. Let's help our people. And as a farmer's daughter myself, as a small business owner myself, I am best fitted to go to Frankfurt to read and interpret the laws there and advocate for our good people in Kentucky. The pandemic has been tough. Uh, we all know that worldwide. Uh, Democratic uh, Governor Bashir handled a lot of uh, issues early on with mixed reviews. Republican lawmakers have been uh, critical of his actions and have in fact uh, stripped his office of some power. Uh, what position do you take as it relates to who should set the policy in a situation like we have been facing? I'm a constitutional conservative and I'm proud of it. I think our governor has done an incredibly good job in protecting people. As a leader, he has the responsibility to make sure that he acts with the best interest of all of us in mind. At the same time, I think judging each other, belittling one another, or looking down on our neighbors for the decisions that they're making is not helping us get united. And my idea of leadership in my position is going to be let's unite all of us under one big umbrella which is what is the best interest of the people our constitution protects our people from the government and that will be my guide and i will work for the people of the 22nd district whether they're republicans democrats or independents well, in the upcoming session, uh, which will start in January, lawmakers uh, will have to pass a state budget. The state uh, constitution requires that. It has to be balanced. They also uh, plan to allocate uh, federal money that is coming from Washington under the American Rescue Plan Act. Uh, there is a historic uh, budget surplus thanks to a resilient economy. Uh, what should Kentucky prioritize in its spending? I don't think any leader should decide this on their own. I think it is our responsibility to represent our people. In my leadership, I am going to go to each county, Washington, I'm going to come to you, Mercer, Garrett, Jessamine, part of Fayette, I'm going to come to you and we're going to form citizens advisory councils to see where you want to see our hard earned tax dollars spent. In general, if it were completely up to me and if my people backed me, education is a big, big agenda item for me. Uh, we have Ford coming into our beautiful state. A lot of jobs are going to be created, but are we ready? Do we have the skilled employees to offer that job market? Do we have childcare and healthcare to support our workers? I am for the people all the way. Well, Governor Bashir has proposed, uh, for instance, a hero bonus for essential workers in the state. Uh, Republicans uh, in the legislature have declined to join a working group that he wanted to appoint to consider that. Would uh, bonuses from federal money for essential workers uh, be a high priority for you? Bonuses or help or support for all of our people, farmers who cannot afford to buy the same meat they sell to the big markets, working families who cannot afford health care or decent housing, bonuses for those who are working really hard to overcome this pandemic with us um, are definitely welcome ideas. I would have to see the legislation in person and as an attorney, I will make sure to do an in-depth legal analysis to see how that would affect our economy, our people and our children. There is a proposal for an omnibus abortion bill that's being drafted by Republicans for consideration uh, coming up in the session. Where do you stand on the abortion restrictions going forward? 
Listen, I am a mother of a wonderful child who has made me proud. I was 16 when I got married. I was 17, 18 when I had my child. I am definitely someone who is going to work to reduce the number of abortions. Our children are our treasure. At the same time, unlike my opponent Douglas, I oppose any unconstitutional or any government mandate to force women to give birth regardless of the circumstances. I am going to look at the legislature and instead of trying to control women with a government mandate, I am going to make sure to empower them. Candidate Bukum, as uh, Democrats are few in the state Senate, as you know, there are only eight there. And uh, one has announced, uh, one of the incumbents announced that he will not uh, be seeking re-election. How do you get things done in such a minority position uh, in a chamber like that? Well, I am someone who has been balanced in her views all her life. I am brought up by incredibly strong Democrats uh, in the state of Kentucky, but also incredibly strong Republicans. Justice Will T. Scott has been my personal guide. I have learned from Judge Karen Caldwell in Lexington. And I have the view that if it works for our people, I will look at it. If it actually improved lives, improves lives for farmers, working people, teachers, police officers, firefighters, and our small businesses, I will look at it. This is not about partisan politics in Kentucky. It's about protecting each other and making sure that we're working for each other first. If you were to be successful, is there a particular set of issues that uh, uh, you would consider to be your priorities? Absolutely, sir. I have many, and I'm very passionate and excited to give back in terms of looking at my American dream saying, thank you, God, thank you, America, thank you, Kentucky, and then turning around and creating educational opportunities and trade programs, technical education, and allowing our children to be prepared for a future, even if they choose not to go to college, making college affordable, bringing opportunity, bringing e-commerce, expanding broadband internet, bringing in incredibly good global tourism so that we have a lot more revenue, not only through our bourbon distilleries, but bringing tourism into our farming communities and showing how innovative our farmers are, bringing people into our small businesses, showing how good they run their businesses and serve their people. I have a very big, long list, but um, my passion lies with the people and I'm ready to serve. This district was represented, as we uh, noted at the beginning, by a, a Republican senator for 30 years. The Republican registration uh, is very strong in the district and the trends in voting have been that. What do you say uh, to voters, and this is our last uh, question here, uh, in the next couple of days that you think could sway them uh, to vote for you Tuesday? I have good news. I think the sensible people of our 22nd district are already voting for me, regardless of whether they're Republicans or Democrats. They know who the most qualified candidate is. They know who's going to fight for them. They know who the farmer's daughter is, people's lawyer is. Beyond that, Tom Beford was an incredible leader who united people. Um, and I'd like to take a moment to offer my condolences to his wonderful family. Uh, he's going to be my role model. I am the person who is going to unite like him, lead like him, and serve like him. Helen Bookham is a Democratic candidate for the state Senate, subject to the election coming up on Tuesday in the 22nd District, the special election being held that day. Thank you very much for being with us. We appreciate it. 
Thank you for the opportunity. And stay with us. We'll be back on Kentucky Newsmakers with the Republican candidate for the Senate in the 22nd District, Dr. Donald Douglas. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers from WKYT. As we meet the candidates for the state Senate in the 22nd District, that special election is coming up Tuesday. We've just spoken with Democrat Helen Bukumet, and joining us now is the Republican candidate, Dr. Donald Douglas. He also has an inspiring story that led up to this day. He was literally born in a Kentucky log cabin and then became an All-American in track and field, qualified for the Olympic trials twice. He's now a pain management doctor in Lexington, Republican Senate candidate, Dr. Don Douglas. Thanks for coming. We appreciate you being with us very much. Well, my pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. So I gave a brief background. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your background and, 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 and what led you to this point of being a, a candidate for the state Senate. Well, first of all, um, I was born in western Kentucky, a small town of Maceo, just outside of Owensboro. And, and what you've heard is true. I was actually physically born in the log cabin. In fact, the next day when my dad went to the hospital to uh, get a birth certificate, the physician put down the 7th. I was born on March the 6th. So on my birth certificate, you can see where the, the doctor marched, marked through the, uh, the 7 and wrote a 6 to correct it. So I'm actually the 14th of 16 kids. And we did grow up with an outhouse, a pot belly stove, and a well. So we were about 10 miles out in the country, uh, really the only black American family that far out in the country. Um, as, as, as got a little older, eventually we moved to a little farm and we became sharecroppers. So we were sharecroppers for about four or five years. And I mean, really, we worked hard, worked hard on the farm. Eventually, we were able to buy us a small farm and uh, I tell folks all the time, we, we got up in the morning when Dad told us to get up. We went to bed when Dad told us to go to bed. Probably smart, right? <laughs> it, was very, it, was, it, was, it was very smart. But, but it was tough. Uh, I, I, I became uh, uh, involved in athletics in, in junior high school, actually in elementary school and again in junior high school. But uh, we didn't have any money, so I always had to have one of the coaches give me a ride home. And, and unfortunately, there were times when my dad wasn't really happy about me uh, being, so I, I got, actually got punished for staying uh, with my sports. But I uh, got through junior high school, uh, was fortunate enough to be um, elected class president. So I was class president in my school from the seventh grade through the twelfth grade. In spite of the fact that in my high school, uh, there were 1,400 students, 11 who were black Americans, and about four of them who were from my same family. So is it fair to say you've been in politics before? Well, I don't know if I'd call that politics. I, I, call, it, I call it learning the, the art of the difference between, between uh, compromise and consensus. One of the things I found out with compromise was that often people feel like they've lost. Somebody's given up something. With consensus, it allows us to sit back and, and take a look at what do we agree on? Let's, let's take the things we agree on. Let's talk about those first and let's move those out of the way. And then let's sit down and talk about the things that, well, we sort of agree on and don't. And let's address some of those. You've told me that you had been asked to run for public office before and you considered it. I did. I did. I, I've been asked about four times before, but this time it was my decision. I decided that, I, that, I, that it, it was time for me to run. And um, one of the reasons I didn't run before is because I'm, I'm married. We have, my wife and I have four lovely children. They're all physicians now. 
but at that time they weren't. And, and my dedication is really with the family. I think in Kentucky here we have some wonderful, wonderful people. Primarily we're a rural state. We, we love our families, we want safety, and we want good things for our families. And so I wanted to make sure that I was a role model and showed my kids that. You're the Republican nominee in the special election Tuesday. You call yourself a conservative. How does that carry out into the issue set that you would see as your priorities? Well, a, a conservative to me uh, means that I take a little bit more time and, and, and I, I try to address the things that, that the people want and ultimately discuss with what they need as opposed to telling them what they should have and, and when they should have it. Uh, I believe in independent thinking. I believe in self-motivation. I believe that we ought to have skin in the game. And because when we have skin in the game, um, it, it's almost like when we make the supper, the food tastes a little better and we appreciate it a little Let more. me run a few issues by you. So you, you know as a doctor we're dealing with a pandemic that more than 9,000 Kentuckians have died. Governor Bashir has essentially said he did what he needed to do to make restrictions and to uh, organize a state response. As you know, the Republicans uh, in the legislature were very critical, said that he did not communicate with them enough and have stripped emergency power from the governor. Uh, do you agree that uh, it should be the legislature making a policy in, a, in an emergency uh, such as what we have faced? I think what happened was the governor had his emergency time. I think what the legislative body did was they said, look, we've, we've gotten past that initial emergency time, and now you're making decisions for the entire state that elected officials ought to have some input to, because they're elected as well. So I don't, I don't think it's so much about taking away the, gov the, the governor's emergency powers. I think it's the ongoing powers that they were concerned about. But a limitation on it is, 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 is what you, you agree with that. I think, I think that's what we do in life. There is an omnibus uh, abortion bill that is being drafted for the session. It has strong restrictions. Uh, would you favor its passage? When I tell folks, and what I've said before, is we really need to start discussing what are the rights of the unborn child. And so before I get to that kind of a discussion, I think we need to have some discussion about that because for some reason that gets skirted. And I think that's important. It may not be so important to some folks who say, well, no, 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 that shouldn't come into play. But there are just as many or more people who are saying it should come into play. And, and as a representative, what I want to do is I want to be able to, to, to look at both sides. I want to be able to bring the parties and the philosophies closer together. I want us to be able to sit down and listen and, and come to a good consensus as opposed to having a wall between us. In the upcoming session, uh, lawmakers have to pass a state budget. The state constitution requires that. It has to be balanced. They will also be allocating federal money that is coming in under the uh, American Rescue Plan Act. There is a historic budget surplus in Kentucky right now. Uh, how would you prioritize Kentucky spending? I don't think I can address that now. Um, this, is, this is the first time I've, I've run for office. And there's a lot of information out there that I don't have access to, having not been in the legislature. One of the things I'm telling my constituents, my constituents is this. I'm a physician. I, I can sit down and get a lot of information, assess that information, and make a decision. But I'd like to look at the information first before I tell them what it is I'm going to do for them. And the same thing here. Uh, this is sort of, for me, a hypothetical question. I don't have enough data, enough information on it. And I think those who tell you what they're going to do or how they were prioritized, 
without adequate information, I think they're doing a disservice. There's this uh, proposed hero bonus the governor uh, wants for essential workers in the state. Uh, Republicans in the legislature declined to join uh, a working group that he wanted to appoint to talk about that. Would a bonus from the federal money that is coming in uh, be a, a high priority for you? I think it's a priority, but the, but the question is when, is, when is it, when does it have to be distributed? Are, is there other information that we need to gather in terms of who gets this money? Who gets how much of this money? Is it, is it given out in a proportional way? Or is it somehow certain groups get a, a larger percentage than the other groups? And I, and I don't think that that's been discussed. And if it has, again, that's information I don't have. So your approach, uh, and, and, and I will tell you this, and, and, I, and I don't go back and forth with these interviews and, and tell you a lot of what uh, your opponent said, but the, the Democratic candidate said, she would like to, uh, as you have said, uh, be uh, a non-divisive figure and be more like in the vein of Senator Tom Buford, who was there a long time, who uh, was seen as uh, uh, not as a partisan uh, as much as uh, as many are. Would that be your goal to be to be seen as looking at uh, at all sides of issues, not as divisive? I think I hear you saying that. Well, my, my goal is not just to say things. My goal is actually to do them. I've, I've gotten some things back uh, through my, uh, through some of my people where hmm, maybe some of those things have been said, but some other things have been said. One of the things I've done in, in my candidacy so far is I've tried not to say anything about the people I'm, I'm, I'm running against. I, I look and say they're, they're, they're likely wonderful people. I don't know them well, and I'm not going to make any comments. So I actually follow through. I, I think we've got to do more than just walk the, more than just talk the talk. I think we have to walk the walk. And when, and when we talk things and do something else, I think that's divisive. So yes, I want us all to come together. I want to get rid of some of the backbiting that has occurred a long time between the parties. And, and again, in my run, you'll find nowhere where I've, where I've said anything about the other candidates. Because no matter what I say, if I do that, that's not fair to them. I'm, I'm actually not being truthful. So I want to make sure that I can look at all the people in the 22nd district and they can look at my record. They can look at what I've done and they can say, Dr. Douglas has been transparent. Dr. Douglas has been um, uh, totally truthful. He is following what he is saying that he wants to do. What has this campaign been like for you, having n not done this before, except when you ran for seventh grade through senior <laughs> president, <laughs> a long tenure. Uh, uh, what has it been like for you to get out there and what will you be doing these next uh, couple of days before the election? This will be our final question. Well, well you know, it, it, really has been, it really has been fun for me. I've had so many people uh, tell me how tough it must be. And then some, other, some others ask me how tough it must be. I've been, I've been in healthcare for over 40 years. I've sat close to, pay, to patients day after day after day, just like I am with you. I've heard their wants. I've heard their needs. Uh, to me, it's just been informational. It, it's, really been a, it's really been a very informative time for me. No, just fact-finding, you might say. Just fact-finding. When I, when, I, when I become the senator, at least I will have some things in my pocket about what the people in the 22nd District are looking for. I'll have a roadmap as to where they want to go. My, my job is to be a conduit, to be a conduit from the state down to my District 22. 
Doctor, thank thanks you. for coming. We appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. We'll be following pleasure. the election. In addition to the party-backed active campaigns in this 22nd Senate district, there is also an independent write-in candidate in the race, Syndicate Dunn, who is from Harrodsburg. He's been a city council member, a caterer, and a radio DJ. The polls will be open Tuesday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. in the district's holding special elections. And we'll be back on Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. There's a lot going on. The world shocked and alarmed, a coup and bloodshed in Sudan, the nation's democratic transition in jeopardy. Our chief national political analyst, Greta Van Susteren, has details. Hello, I'm Greta Van Susteren, and here is your full court fast break. The U.S. suspending $700 million in aid to Sudan, the African Union suspending Sudan, and international condemnation after Sudan's latest coup its second overthrow in two years. This week, the military seizing power detaining Prime Minister Abdallah Hamdak and other officials. General Abdel Fattah Burha dissolved the country's joint civilian military government. He claims opposing factions put the nation at risk of civil war, forcing the military to act. The general says he will appoint a technocratic government and hold planned elections in July 2023. But most are skeptical he will actually give up power. This takeover comes just weeks before he was scheduled to yield control to a fully civilian government. Since learning of the coup, thousands of protesters have taken to the streets, but troops are opening fire, reportedly killing at least eight people and wounding more than 100. There have been waves of arrests and internet blackouts are silencing the opposition. Tuesday, the UN Security Council held an emergency meeting. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is calling for the transitional government's immediate restoration without preconditions. And National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan discussed the coup at a White House press briefing. We believe it undermines the country's transition to democratic civilian rule, and we firmly reject the assertions that this is within the authority of the military leadership in Sudan. Uh, from our perspective, these actions are utterly unacceptable. They contravene the constitutional declaration, but more importantly, they contravene the aspiration of the Sudanese people. All this comes after the 2019 overthrow of longtime Sudanese president and dictator Omar al-Bashir. His brutal reign lasted nearly 30 years. The International Criminal Court in The Hague issued arrest warrants for him for genocide and war crimes. Want more full court press? Tune in Sundays. We bring politics home, covering the national stories that impact you. Remember, you can catch Full Court Press with Greta Van Susteren this morning at 1130 on WKYT. And I'll see you this week on WKYT News. Thank you for joining us for Kentucky Newsmakers, and you make it a good week ahead.